Miranda sings. Sorry. <laughs> Groomer. <laughs> no, she's not though. Ukulele. The, the ukulele proved it. Oh yeah, yeah. She's just a loser. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire so life. Funny. I love the reactions. I liked Fantano's reaction mm-hmm. to it too. Ooh, what was his? Like literally the first second, and he's like, "No," because <laughs> he talked about it from like a musical perspective. Yeah. Because like he's a music reviewer and everything, and he just shits on. It. Oh, amazing! He said uh, the ukulele like their stocks like sunk when like white people picked it up or something like that. Like Tiny Tim is the only person allowed to have a ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> I stumbled across that video on Reddit, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I clicked in, I watched a couple seconds, and I made it to the loser groomer part. I was like, I, okay. I went to the <laughs> the comments because I was just curious. Of course, like five minutes later, I was like, oh, what a waste of my life that I'm never going to get back. Uh, waste or a great benefit <laughs> to your life? Absolute waste of time. Because of how funny it is. <laughs> just how fucking how long was stupid it, ten, like, it ten is. It's ten minutes long. Oh, I didn't. <clears throat> yeah, not even that. Just reading the comments and getting up on like her whole the whole background, the whole problem or whatever. It's like okay. Were you were aware of her beforehand, or I knew who she was, but I mean, I hadn't heard anything about her in like ten years. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Other than that, she literally like gave panties away to a fourteen-year-old boy, <laughs> like, and sent them. <laughs> Choices know. were made. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Whether or not they were good ones or remain to be seen. So, uh, I think the jury came back. Mm-hmm. Rather negative. Yeah, yeah. Are we on the air? Are we live right now? Hello, listeners. <laughs> oh, shit. We are now taking calls. <laughs> 1-800-HOT-HUNK. That's Clay's of, personal number. I was going to say, which one of us is the hot hunk? My vote was Clay. Oh, yeah. I thought you said hot punk. I got more excited. <laughs> I feel like, um... You're a hunk and you'll like it. Hot puke. I think that would be a good name for a band. A band that would be in this movie that we are going to be talking about today. Or the culture of it. Oh, are we actually live? I didn't know we were. (laughs) (laughs) This is a performance. Are we? (laughs) Are we... Free Willy, that's the movie you were talking about, right? (laughs) Yes. What about the orcas? Oh, happy masturbation, everybody. (laughs) Episode nine. Episode nine. Is episode it nine? nine? It's episode nine. Yeah, uh, Hank and I recorded one not too long ago. That's right. And you it, weren't even there for it. Is nine a lucky number? Is there any famous nines? Mm. <laughs> nine inch nails. Nine inch nails. Mm, number nine from Yoko Ono. Okay. Nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. There's Prince? a little, there's a Tim Burton movie called Nine. With oh the my little, god. Little doll or whatever. That movie or is the so robots. good. robots. <laughs> They're little like sack people. Yeah. We don't need to talk about Tim Burton anymore. <laughs> there is a, also a there's a musical called Nine with Daniel Day Lewis and a bunch of other people. That's yeah. trash. How much did you did you like the movie Nine? The animated or the musical? Um, Tim Burton's. Tim Burton's is, was okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was surprisingly good. I haven't seen it. I have no clue. You should watch it. But you know what I have seen though. <laughs> but uh, the the. <laughs> <laughs> the movie that we're watching, that we watched today for this podcast. Is it the one that's on right now? Yeah. Can can you hear it, listeners? Right, everybody mm-hmm. shut up for a sec. Damn. Absolutely nothing. Not. It's just like the moment we looked up at the TV, it, like, it cut to a bunch of chicks in bikinis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> on the beach. Uh, if y'all don't know, it's Valley Girl. From 1983. Were, we, were you alive, Hank? <laughs> 1983? No. No. Nope. Okay. I was still at four years coming. Okay. Um, I wasn't even a thought yet. No, you were, you were way later. Yep. Like almost over a decade, right? Was it like 1999? Um, 95. 95. Mm. Thank you for the credit, though. Of course. <laughs> I appreciate it. So do you fall into millennial or Gen, or Gen X, going backwards, uh, or Zillennial, Gen per- Z? Personally, I don't care. Right. Um, it doesn't but matter. Millennial is probably what I'm considered, I guess. Okay. Um, like a young millennial? I mean, I'm, I, would, I would consider myself that. I'm, I'm not behind on the times. I can at You're least somewhat keep it. up. I can somewhat keep up, I think. You just turned 28? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, I did. That's a good year. Happy birthday, me. Yep. Okay. Happy birthday to you both. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aw. I turned 35. 35. Uh, why, why, why did we watch Valley Girl, Quay? Uh, me and Hank were gra- grabbing a drink, and you had asked me if I'd ever seen it, and my eyes blew up because Valley Girl is one of my favorite movies of all time. You did get very excited, <laughs> which I was not prepared I'm for. I'm like, I have the DVD, the Blu-ray, the vinyl soundtrack, the poster. The toilet paper. The toilet paper. Uh, the toiletry unit. Um, there's a Valley Girl button in my car. I don't know if you saw that earlier, Ooh, but no, it's above the rear view. You know what I'm talking I've about. I've seen it. Honey. I've seen it. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this movie. I, so in like the early t- uh, 2010s when Tumblr got huge, I got really into Tumblr, and it kind of morphed into like an 80s like photo blog, just like VHS like rips of movies and stuff like that, old commercials. And this movie always came up. I, I was always aware of this movie, but um, that started popping up everywhere on Tumblr again, like back in the day. So, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Do you remember USA Up All Night? Do you remember the, you remember the network, USA Network? Yep, back yep. in the day, I'm aware of it. Yep, they had a like a late night movie block. It was called USA Up All Night. It had Gilbert Gottfried on there. Do you know who he is? Oh yeah, <laughs> he was one of the hosts at one point. But um, this movie was on there, and we used to watch that late at night. And that's where I saw a lot of my the, the teen movies at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what it is about this one that stands above the rest for me in terms of 80s teen movies. There's there's a lot of heart to it when you're not expecting it because it was made for like it was supposed to be a sex comedy mm-hmm. because Animal House was thriving during that time, I think. I feel like if it wasn't for Animal House, we wouldn't got like Porky's and like Revenge of the Nerds, like the frat boy type sex comedy stuff. So this was, I think, made from that. But when you watch it, it's really not. Like, there's some boob shots in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's some sexual intercourse, but not like nothing explicit or anything right. like that. In general, at least by today's standards, it's just kind of an unusual movie, I think, <laughs> when you look at how it's filmed and dialogue and all that type of stuff. Had you guys seen this before? Mm-mm. No, I watched it last night for the first time. Okay. But you, you were aware of it. Oh, yeah. You, you've talked about <laughs> it. You've talked it up for years. Since so I've known you. what were your guys' thoughts on it? Hank, what would you like if you had to give a review? <laughs> uh, it was actually pleasantly surprising. Uh, the first go I had round, obviously, I didn't really like it too much because I, I started to watch it before I told you about it. Obviously, I said I got like five minutes in and couldn't do it. And then you were like, <laughs> you're like, no, you have to finish it. Uh, sound advice, by the way. And <laughs> so, yeah, went back and finished it and like. Honestly, those first couple minutes were just kind of rough. Everything after that was really good and enjoyable and fun. Um, actually, had a really good uh, pace and character development and story and plot mm-hmm. and all those things. Um, yeah, I thought it was just going to be like shallow surface level movie, but it's actually a little bit more. 
and I don't know, like I understand that they have their weird dialogue and dress a certain way, but like, yeah, it wasn't overly Valley Girl themed. Like it was still, like that was just kind of like an underlying tone. I thought. Mm-hmm. I agree. I bitching. I like totally. <laughs> it like gag me. Um, <laughs> uh, I I can echo the same sentiment for Hank. Um, I had a rather enjoyable experience. Um, it was a little bit hard getting into it, just trying to figure out the vernacular and everything like that, and. Like the overlapping dialogue a little bit was kind of a, a somewhat of a hindrance, but I think that's just how people interact and talk and everything. I mean, we've had countless examples on this podcast where we talk over each other a lot. Um, so I think that's a little bit natural. Um, so I think easing into it was kind of great. Um, I think it lost me a little bit during like the middle half. Um, the heartwarming bits are there too because like the 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 characterization of the main two people Mm -hmm. um i think it's just the two people on the other other side of the tracks and they live a certain way and everything and they come together and figure that out um but i think it just like kind of meandered a little bit during Mm -hmm. the end especially during like the prom scene and i'm just like what are we what are we doing here it has a weak ending Mm -hmm. if i had to throw like a a flaw at it i think it wraps up too easy Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah. There wasn't a, a, any sort of like complex uh, conflict. It was just like your standard. I feel like stereotypical of like, okay, the one dude's like king of the school, and whatever <laughs> he says goes. So like, even though they broke up, like it took him zero work to get her back, essentially, yeah. and like yeah. no reasoning whatsoever, other than like, hey, be my girl, and she's like, okay. Yeah, did literally nothing, but also was a piece of shit at the same time by making out with her friend. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the kind of blackmail. The, the setup of the movie, like the movie in general, is, like the plot is very generic. And for those who haven't seen the movie, it's about this girl named Julie. She's like a valley girl, like rich girl. Like her friends are really important. It's very superficial, and she meets Randy, played by. Nick Cage. Smoking. And his first... I think this was his first big movie. He was in Fast Times in, like, the background, I believe. Mm-hmm. He was he was uh, Sean Penn's friend in that, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. But those movies kind of have a similar vibe. But they meet at a party. It's kind of like an updated, like, Romeo and Juliet. Like, star-crossed lovers. Like, he's from Hollywood. She's from the Valley. Like, it's... First Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Geeking out. Man, that spiked a lot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it like so the director. So I watched the movie this morning again with the. the there was a director's commentary on the uh, Blu-ray, and <laughs> we're just trying to do the game. We're just trying to do the soundboard right now. <laughs> this is a soundboard segment, everybody. Just wanted to give. Clay is flowers. I, I'm hoping like somebody's like driving listening to this and like, am I having a stroke? <laughs> like, on the highway, like, uh, sorry, Michelle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but anyways, I watched it with the director's commentary, and it's directed by Martha Coolidge. Well, you know, let's give it up for our women directors. Whoop, 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 but whoop. Whoop. Cue the sound cue. Yeah, we do oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's an industrial album, maybe. <laughs> But anyway, she was uh, part of uh, Francis Ford Coppola's company, and he directed Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and uh, the so the movie is it's about like girl friendship and stuff like that, but it's written by two men, so there's a like a disconnect I think when it comes to the dialogue. Like wh- you guys said in the first like five ten minutes when they're at the mall, like the 
like you said, like the language and everything is so crazy and mm-hmm. it's annoying. Like Valley Girl speak is Val speak is what it's called. It's really oh, annoying. It's saying like every other sentence and or every other word. Like in every other sentence and also having like a interesting phrases yeah. to kind of very California meanings. Like if I, I don't To the know. max. <laughs> Bitchin'. <laughs> Tripendicular was the one I laughed at the most. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good funny. one. I like Bitchin's that. such a good one. Yeah. I think bitching still works. It does. I remember that was like a thing when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I think it should be brought back, probably. Yeah. But uh, this, yeah, this movie was pitched as uh, like a sex comedy, and then when the producers like watched it, they're like, "There's like, a, there's a good movie in here. Like, there's a lot of heart to it." And what I like about like the teenager scenes, like the party scene, like it's this, it's kind of like documentary style. You're just watching like kids party, mm-hmm. and I think I don't know, you're kind of like a fly on the wall, like the cinematography and stuff like it doesn't feel like you're watching like a teen movie like slick i don't know I don't, you know what i'm talking about i do and Hold i am for like half a second i think i fucked something up on your end clay i can keep hearing your uh headphone cord hitting your mic cord oh he, that's because it is so okay sorry folks okay that's okay carry on we'll, we'll fix that in post yeah um <laughs> no I, I i agree with you on the documentary style aspect to it you're just kind of watching these people interact and everything and i really like that about it for a specific example being when they are at like the host the hostess of the party's mom mm-hmm. um Ooh, yes. a fox, who's a f- big fox and also like the lines are blurred between like the age range for everybody yeah, for sure which like for everybody sure. seems the same age yeah like and oh yeah that mom does not look any older than her daughter or her friends yeah no, they, not at all mm-hmm. nor does julie's mom like yes. julie's mom one smoking hot two um <laughs> Just it could be toe to toe age with Julie, and I think. Uh, real quick, do you know who the mom, Julie's mom, is? Like, she's an actress. She played the maid in Clue. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. So if you've I ever seen Clue, Hell she's yeah. the maid in that one. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, like the the hostess's mom, like getting all up on Skip. Mm-hmm. That's his is his name. Yeah. Um, who's the love interest of the hostess of the party? I forget what her name is. Uh, everybody's name or. Like there's some unique names, some not, and I can't. Like, I honestly remember don't everything. remember anybody's name in this movie. <laughs> Susie, but Susie, that's right. But like she takes a liking to Skip, and like you can kind of see the weird little tension there with between the between the three of them. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a inter- interesting dynamic. Um, the so the friends are Julie, she's the main one. Susie, the hostess of the party. Stacy's like the friend she takes out with Nick Cage and his friend, the annoying one. Mm-hmm. The mean one. Yes. <laughs> and then Lauren, who's like the one that's in like the red jumpsuit. Yeah. Like Tommy hits on her. Yep. She makes the voice of Tommy on Rugrats. She's the one like in the red big, jumpsuit? Yeah. She's like a big voice actress. What? Isn't yeah. she in Pee Wee's Big Adventure too? Yes. That's what the I was. The friend, yeah. That's what I remember. One in the red jumpsuit. Uh, yeah. Nick Cage's friend in this movie, yeah. I think, does an interesting 180. Because he's kind of just like portrayed as hella annoying, kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm socially going, awkward whatever going after women yeah yeah, yeah. just like total shitty dumb thinking with his dick <laughs> <laughs> and then out of nowhere as soon as nick cage is in trouble it's like this guy's a, a reliable source mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. i like the friend character in this i think he's funny yeah he's not bad a lot of people do a lot of interesting 180s in this i think Especially, Julie flip flops pretty pretty damn consistently. Yeah, I, and I think that just might be the superficial nature of it. But she's definitely at the mercy of her friends, like popularity, reputation, just like a lot of these movies. Probably still today. I don't know. I'm not in high school anymore. But 
That does get portrayed a lot. I'm just kidding. They're like, you can't date this guy. It'll ruin your reputation. And then all of a sudden, like, that sinks in. I also, I don't know if Nick Cage's character is supposed to be in high school. I don't know if he's older. (laughs) You don't don't see him at school at at all. He could have dropped out, too. We don't see anything about him, do we? Like, parents? No. Nothing? Mm -hmm. No. He's kind of a a mystery. I feel like that's how that always goes, too, is, like, the bad boy. Right. You know, one, mystery. Don't know anything about him. And two, you find out, like... He's been living on his own since 12 for some mm. crazy reason. He's been driving a motorcycle his whole life. And I feel like... Doesn't own sleeves. That, that was, <laughs> I'm guessing when they were writing the script, that was by design. They kind of wanted to keep him mysterious. Maybe that made... Give him an, an allure. Yeah, and like you, don't, <laughs> like you don't need to flesh out every single thing about a person. For you, sure. You can understand it through what they get. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty nice, honestly. You don't yeah. have to do a bunch of leg work on your end to... To watch the movie is just kind of there. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Uh, that soundtrack, though. Oh, super good. There's a my favorite scene in the movie is the montage with um, "Melt with You." Oh yeah, top. I yep. just love that scene. It's so cute. That's so good. It's, it's not like it's kind of like it's like bubblegummy pop. Like I don't know how to describe it. Like sweet, but it's I don't know. It just makes me smile every time I see it. It's really cute. Like, look what relationships can be kind of thing. I really like the inclusion of the Psychedelic Furs song. Oh, yes. Which, I'm assuming that's where Call Me By Your Name got it from. Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. I haven't seen that forever. Well, there's a cannibal in it. But. That's true. It's very true. <laughs> Army Hammer. The pacing of this, I felt like, dragged on when they were showing them dating. Like, there's just minutes upon minutes of like him knocking on a door and sitting on a couch and then being in a car together. Like, <laughs> yeah, it felt like, I was like, okay, we got it. Like, these are like 20 second long cuts. Mm-hmm. Like if this were in this day and age, these would have been three, four seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it Which felt- like, I appreciate sometimes, but in this particular moment, I was like, oh my Lord, can we please move on to the next part of this movie? Yeah. It definitely felt like it had a lot of filler to it. Mm-hmm. And more more ways than one. Like I like some of these scenes are just felt odd and extended. Mm-hmm. Like the like the dad going to get the camera for prom. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. He's yeah. just like smoking a J. a J. Yeah, <laughs> it took like a five minute scene just to be like, haha, dad got high. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still like enjoyable to watch, but totally longer than it need to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I don't know. Once I'm in this movie, like. I don't know, I just go with the vibe, and it's, like I was said earlier, it's very, like, naturalistic. You kind of feel like a voyeur just watching, like, this time capsule from the 80s. Definitely. So I, I agree, like, it, it meanders a little bit. In the And, like, I don't, like, the movie over, overall, I don't think is very strong. Like, it's not, like, thought-provoking. Like, after that, you're like, oh, I, you know, I need to sit and think about that. But I think that's its strength, maybe. But that's a good thing about it, I think. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily... No, not every movie necessarily needs to be like this big, big thought-provoking thing that like some people, myself included, bring it up to be sometimes. But like you can just be a nice vibe, and you can just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy Nick Cage just being absolutely hot <laughs> in it. Um, which, by the way, I didn't know this, um, but apparently he is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. Yes. I had no fucking clue. I think that's really? probably yeah. how he got this role, I'm that, that, pretty that, sure. That's what I was assuming. But he didn't want to Nepo. be labeled as, like, nepotism baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why he's... I think he's originally Nicholas Coppola. Yes. I believe. Yes. Yep. Changed his name when he was, like, 17, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his um, his aunt is Talia Shire, and her kids are Jay- Jason Schwartzman, 
and Robert Schwartzman, right? Uh, yes, I, I believe, believe so. so. From and then Sofia Coppola, that's Francis. Yeah, the, it's a big family. Big I don't know shit. how Nick gets in there. I forget. Uh, he's um, Ford Co- uh, Francis Coppola's brother. That's his dad. Gotcha. Okay. He's like an engineer or something like that. Nice. I forget. <laughs> They're probably loaded. <laughs> Without a doubt, money for days. <laughs> Did you um so at the prom scene there's like a band. Did you guys notice one of the songs? It was called Johnny Are You Queer. Oh my god, yes. And I was like, gonna text you about this. Yeah, and then like the background dancers are like every time they say Johnny Are You Queer, they do a limperus. Yes. I, like, yeah. I laughed. That's so dated, but I laughed. It's a good song. I actually listened to that on the way. <laughs> I kind of felt similar to when we all watched that Halloween Brian Stimpy episode. That I was, was like bad. Yeah, I was mm. like, man, I can't believe like this is what they're doing right yeah, now. They, they like absolutely just went for it. For yeah, sure. At a prom, no less. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Absurd. Oh, I thought the F slur happened at one point. It did. It, I, I must have heard it. I then. can't remember where, but yeah. Yeah. It was during like an altercation with uh, Randy and Brad, I think. Yes. Brad, the original Chad. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Like literally like <laughs> what you think of is like a popular douchebag jock pop collar like is i think the guy who plays him is on was on breaking bad i I can't remember his name but he like plays that role perfect yeah definitely um sorry go ahead can we talk about the costuming for this oh my god like it's beautiful like like every single costume for the women specifically but also for nick cage and his friends like they are done up to the nice and in like a really nice 80s aesthetic that I love. There was like one where um, she has like a pink sweater vest on with like just a button up oh like over it. And, oh yes, and yes, like yes, it's yes, bunched yes. and everything. And I it's beautiful. Love that. It's beautiful. It's, it's fun because it's so 80s, but it's split between like the city, what they were driving in, or driving, what they were wearing, and then like all the pastels and for the valley side, like rich girl. Like they definitely like when you look at it, it's 80s, but you can definitely tell like the different types that were going on. Mm-hmm. So I. Appreciated that. Yeah, the two different distinctions. The hair too, man. That Crazy. and the, the music. The music was very juxtaposition. This movie could not have come out at any other time. This had to come out in '83. It's, it's such a relic of its time. I, I love it. Yeah, even down to the like when they were driving around L.A. Yeah, like, that, that's a, when like super time capsule. It like it meanders, but, like, I love that. Just the drive down, like, you're looking and see what was on this, the strip. I think that was Sunset Strip that they were filming on. It's just, I don't know. I've never been there, so I was just like, oh, that's so pretty. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's hookers and all that kind of stuff. Too, which is fine. <laughs> Sex work is real work. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I love that about movies, older movies like that, more than anything else. It's just being able to see what it was like back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, filming in, like, real places, real high schools, real houses, it adds, like, I don't know, such a like a natural effect to it. There wasn't there was like no sets or nothing, it doesn't feel artificial. Do we know what other movies came out uh, around the time of this one, like the same year? I'm trying to think. Jaws three D. Jaws three D. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I <laughs> see what else came out in eighty three. Thank um, God. I think I think Fast Times definitely had like an effect on this movie. For it was, sure. It was before. Yeah, Fast Times came out, came out in 82. If I, if I remember. Yeah, Why do that, I remember stupid shit like that? It's because it's what you love. <laughs> Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Oh, there was 
an the Empire Outsiders. Stri- there was an Empire Strikes Back. I did see um, that in, in on it. one of the marquees. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Saw an officer and gentleman and something else too. Yes. Richard <laughs> Gear. Dreamboat. Mm, couple yes. James Bonds. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Classic. Trading Places. Oh man. Okay. I'm not I really seen any like classic '80s movies. I guess Risky Business. I've never seen that. Really? Yeah. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. Ooh, War Games was 83. Matthew Broderick. Cutie patootie. I feel like I've seen it, a little bit of it, but I just remember like the little, the little <laughs> computer game he's playing. Yeah. Dude, it's it's like, like so goes to war or something. I can't remember it. I mean, obviously they go to war. It's called War Games. If you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. What? You know, this was kind of a campy... 80s movie what other movies like this just bring bring you joy for that aesthetic I know you're both <laughs> 80s people uh, that's a that's a tough question uh, it's I don't even know if I can weirdly classify myself as like an 80s person well you appreciate the but I, but I appreciate it like, yeah yeah that's um, what I mean I think honestly I just been I don't know my mind's kind of really set on modern movies right now so I don't know if I can like fully answer that question yet but I mean Fast Times was a good one to have I like Ferris Bueller a lot um, even though that came that came out in the 80s right I think so okay I was mm-hmm. gonna say for sure that I, that's I, a that's an essential I remember watching that one consistently I think Tommy yep. Boy was 90s yep those those are two movies that I think I would watch pretty consistently. I remember getting them for my seventh birthday. Not seventh birthday. My <laughs> I was in seventh grade. That's what it was. Um, Cute. It was my birthday then, and I had mono. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. So my mom got me like a bunch of movies, um, so so I could actually like watch <laughs> from my bed as I was like getting bed sores. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't actually get them. <laughs> Getting the old kissing disease. Mm-hmm. I didn't kiss no one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Kiss. <laughs> uh, I would have to throw Breakfast Club in there for sure. Uh, like I, I watched John Hughes movies like pretty late. Yep. Most of them at least. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of them until last couple years, probably. Pretty insane. St. Elmo's Fire I watched within the last couple years. Uh, not a movie, but Saved by the Bell. Also solid 80s era. Yes. Okay. Also, like, kind of similar, like Valley. Yeah, that, the, that artificial, like, I don't know how to describe it, that, that weird haze that 80s movies and TV shows have where it's all perfect. Full House would probably fall into that mm-hmm. as well. Just very generic. Not generic, but like I, I don't know. I don't know how to. It's good timing. A, <laughs> too a, positive. A, a, a Christian. <laughs> One, uh, all three of those. Are yeah. Um, and, and I guess like it's, yeah, it's that like perfect family aesthetic where everything is like, all of the quote unquote problems there are very small in nature. Yeah. And they're not, and they're easily quickly resolved mm-hmm. just by a bit of communication or anything like that. Which is why like, later on in television's lifespan, like we get things like The Simpsons and Roseanne where they kind of counter culture it a little bit and show like an actual, it feels like an actual portrayal of like what a, mm-hmm. like an actual family might do. Married with children. Married with children, definitely. Um, um, when I look out into the horizon in my life, 
<laughs> there's like I, I'm so built on 80s teen movies and 80s horror movies that it's overwhelming to like list or like see like what kind of you know what my favorites were because I was raised on them all as you know Heathers was oh a huge oh my god yes um, I think when you're looking at like like if you're gonna do like a tier list of teen movies, I feel like Heather's is up there just because yes. like they nail the satire of like teen suicide at the time. Uh, that's our musical this season. No shit. Mm-hmm. My God, you're gonna get tickets for that at audition. I don't know. We'll see. You should. Oh my God, that would be. So, oh my God, I would die. <laughs> Can you get us VIP tickets? VIP tickets. Um, you could just get tickets. <laughs> no, I want like special backstage passes. Sure, buddy. I'll okay. I'll do that. Sick. I'll put a put lanyard. us on the list. I'll put a lanyard on it and everything. <laughs> And I, there's nothing interesting about backstage. Well, no, no, that's not true. That's Clay and I are going to muscle our way through. Like, no, these are backstage passes. <laughs> oh my god! Like, where the did you get that BG layered? We get free merch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I, I like when like teen, teen, eighties teen movies and eighties teen horror like combine. Like uh, Friday the Thirteenth, obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. No, not Texas Chainsaw. I would not put that. <laughs> That's no. not a teen movie no. or has like an 80s glitz to it. Uh, the second one kind of does because the second one's so Jennifer's insane. Body. Jennifer's Body. Very yeah. 2009, but. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Jennifer's Body. Good, great. Oh, Spit on My Grave. That was the one That's... I was thinking of. <laughs> Don't Spit on My Grave. No. It was Spit on My Grave. Se- spit 70s. on My Grave. 70s. Yeah. That's 70s. Mm-hmm. 73 maybe can't blame a guy for trying that's all right you're all right you know, it's okay have you seen it i hit i hit the <laughs> odds and i hit the 70s <laughs> there's just there's so many you know how many movies Back to come the future? out in a decade stand by me that's probably one of my favorite at ones at least three eight thousand seven hundred and fifty clay can we get a check on that what eight thousand eight thousand seven hundred three that's the amount of movies that come out in a decade right eight thousand seven hundred and what three fifty Fifty. Oh, I thought you said three. Never mind. I'm currently typing this in to see what they say. I should go on chat GBT. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to find an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Black Panther come up? <laughs> well, it's important. Well, how many movies we can't say I'm incorrect anymore. Let's leave like it at three. that. Three. Three times fifty-four. Back then, how many weeks are in a year? Fifty-two. 54? Yep. Fifty-two. Fifty-two. Something like that. Yes. Math. Which I cannot do. <laughs> you have to hold it down. Is that how Just that, that one. Oh, Try okay. the other ones. Get a feel for them. Yeah. There it is. That's the one we need. Gen Z can't write a check. It's like a it's like a sub boomer. She's she's like Gen Z can't write a check a check. They can't address an envelope. They can't write in cursive. So if Gen Z wants to take over the world, us boomers are gonna know how to get it back. And then like it'll stitch to somebody, and like some kid will be like, "Hey boomer, log out of your Apple ID and log back in." At the end. My mom saw that. She's like, that's true. I'm like, mom, you call me every time your internet's out. Like, Hi, mom. <laughs> uh, shout out to Vicky. I hope she's hearing this. A stand up. That was, you know, that was a, that was a force. I, Eddie Murphy's Delirious, I think. Oh my God. It's like a classic. I'm a bit of a raw man myself. Which one has the, uh, the aunt or the grandmother falling down the stairs at the barbecue? I have no. What? No clue. It's one of those two. Like and, an, and like an Eddie Murphy special? Yeah, he does this whole bit where he's having a big family get together in the summer, big barbecue, and one of his family members falls down the stairs into the basement. 
It's either his grandma or his aunt. And (laughs) the way he portrays it is hilarious because he makes it go on for like a minute or two minutes. So obviously these stairs seem like they must be 60 stories down or something. It's like he does the whole sound effect and everything. He's like, Oh Lord, help me. Somebody please stop me. And he does this like for an uncomfortable amount of time. Uh, I've slowly realized that I've not watched any of them. I'm, I'm, I'm behind on the times. There's a uh, Richard Pryor special. You're on missing Netflix. out. I am. I watched one night and I was crying. I was laughing so hard his jokes just like his physical comedy I, Richard Pryor's hilarious to me anyway but that I was on the I was, I was on the ground laughing mm-hmm. like I had to step out of the room because I was like crying so hard because I was laughing mm-hmm. yeah. I've never seen any Richard Pryor he's, he's I love him I, if I had to put like the greatest stand up probably between him and Carlin I think mm-hmm. probably Carlin's pretty dang great up there there's so many now um, there's always so, there's always been a lot. I think the most cool. recent one I watched was Mulaney's special, like the new one. Oh yeah, I, I saw that advertised. It was, it it made me laugh for half of it because he was actually like going through exactly what happened to get to his rehab and everything, mm-hmm. which like it, he just kind of completely deconstructs like his whole aesthetic up until that point and just kind of ruins it because he ruined him he yeah. ruined his own aesthetic like yep i'm i'm I, i'm not a, like i i like him but i don't love him he's kind of do you like him i was pretty neutral until i saw the latest one i like that one a lot mm-hmm. maybe i thought it was pretty good pretty well put together and funny and like genuine I loved when he talks about how he had like a star-studded intervention. Yeah, <laughs> half of it from Zoom. Yep. Didn't you see him live? I did. Yeah. Which um, one was that? I might have been Kid Gorgeous. I think. Really? Yeah. I back in the day, I remember being very, very about him. Um, so we had gone, and I think it was my friend Ben, and a couple of his friends and their friends his friends had checked up on me uh to make sure i was okay because i had been laughing like <laughs> to the point of not being able to breathe like and you love what your body doesn't i love that like i miss that a yeah. lot <laughs> what a what a high praise for john mulaney i know and then like he kind of did his thing and i was like man i don't really like him right now <laughs> Is is Louis C.K. like? Is he like okay again? I see him, like, uh, his clips a lot. I mean, he. I mean, I mean, I'm once not, you're canceled, you're always canceled. But I'm not I watching guess. him. So right. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> could have been worse. That's true. You're right. Like I feel I like in the level of people being canceled. Like I don't know. Mm. He he did some stuff. I I mean I don't. I mean, he's not like a solid dude. I don't particularly like the yeah, things that he did. I'm not gonna hang out with him after a show. <laughs> But if he says something funny, I'll probably laugh. I did. Hey. I did like his like show that was on FX. I did. Like, yeah, I watched a couple seasons of that. But I'm so bad with TV shows. I just finished uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. That was pretty good. It's uh, Riley Keough. Yeah. It's like a it's like a fictional. It's based kind of on a Fleetwood Mac a little bit. It's about a '70s band. It was really good. It was on Prime. Watch that. Movie or series? It's a series. Okay. It's like ten episodes. It's re- it was really good. The acting was really good on it. Damn. Suki Whitehouse is in it, who's currently dating Robert Pattinson. Who's gonna is he gonna be in Nosferatu? I the new one? Don't know actually. I have no clue. I know Willem Dafoe's in it. Oh my god. Which I'm so I, excited. Have <laughs> you guys heard any crazy shit about Suki? Huh, I don't really I'd have to double check it. 
I'm pretty sure I saw like some wild ass stuff about her in the last month or so about like comments she makes, like really Great. offensive stuff she says. Awesome. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Which well, actually she sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> we hate her. Just kidding. Uh, masturbation <laughs> listeners, uh, we hate her. <laughs> um, the as if we have any power. <laughs> yeah, or even certainty that we know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Waterhouse is our last name. Yeah. Anywho, so this kind of leads into something I've been wondering and actually wanted to chat with you guys about. Um, there's something that spawned this the other day. I have to think of what it was. Podcast or something I was listening Shower to. Thoughts? Or book. I, oh, Shower Jerry Saltz. Saltz or Saltzman. Uh, author. It's called like How to Be an Artist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on Libby, so I checked it out and listened to it. It was pretty good. Actually, really good. And somewhere in that book, there was a mention that made me think about like separating the artist from the art Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It was, he didn't say it like that by any means. That wasn't even the topic, but as he's giving you tips on how to be an artist, something he said, like kind of alluded to that topic of like, you know, artists make these great things on this side. That's like almost devoid of them in some way. Like, yeah, you know, they still have their lives over here when they're doing this, like they're working through some stuff, you know, kind of talking about almost the, uh, I don't know. You know how some people say, like, oh, a higher power is working through me to do this thing? Mm-hmm. It was, like, some version of that. He wasn't trying to say, like, God's working through you necessarily, but, like, you know, you're taking in the sum of things around you and you're turning it into something else sort of thing. Yeah. Anywho, it got me thinking about kind of separating the art from the artist sort of thing, and I'm just curious. I Like, I'm kind of almost... wanting to give that a chance, which I know sounds probably asinine, but... Um, like I feel like that doesn't mean that you can't still say like this per. I don't like this artist as a person I don't yeah. you know if you still don't want to give them your money and stuff like that like I get that um, but like I guess I don't see the point and I can't wait to get your guys' thoughts on this um, we were at Moulin Rouge the other night and they playing a ton of cover songs and one of the songs they played was uh, what's the Diamonds song from Kanye West uh, Diamonds from Sierra Leone yeah yeah they played that a version of that I was like holy fuck like I forgot how absolutely incredible this song is like mm-hmm. the lyrics the production the whole works like it's like one of the best songs ever made like could be argued I think yeah I was like man I don't want to like not listen to this just because the person who made it sucks now like I this is still like something that is just amazing and you know, if you do appreciate it, I don't think you should stop yourself mm-hmm. sort of thing. So um, I haven't fully thought this through, but that's no. kind of how far I've got. So are you asking us if we can remove the art from the artist? Yeah, I'm just curious your thoughts on this in general, because like, like being guess, canceled is like a very, you know, something that's been going for on for sure. a few years now. And like, you know, I think it's more than just saying like, oh, this person's canceled or, oh, I don't want to. I can't separate the art from the arts. Like, I think there's a lot of layers to it that. In this day and age, something that I know we've all talked about a lot recently is just like how polarized everything is, which like there's always a lot more nuance to subjects that don't always get talked about. I shall agree with you on that. And um, I guess on the topic of cancel culture, I don't think it's a thing anymore. Um, I think that with, I don't know, it might have just came from the rise of the Me Too movement or anything like that which the like the term canceling came from i think and it it just it people people have taken it to a point to where it really doesn't feel like anything's being done 
I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, like you, you're just people are just saying that they're that some person's canceled, and like obviously their life will go on, and they're gonna seek more opportunities, and they're gonna get those opportunities, whether or not like we say they're canceled or not. So I don't think that alone is enough to fully get rid of someone. Um, I think that's fair. I think there are too many outlets and ways to reach people nowadays for, for that to hold up. Yeah, exactly. Like back in the day in the eighties, you know, your national news networks or MTV could have said, nah, we're not fucking with you. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of the end of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like they make a newsreel like regarding some fucking shit that they did. And then they're gone as a result of it, like from the public guy. Um, whereas now you can step away from it for a time and then come back and people will with greet you with open arms. And I think that's just by virtue of the fact that our news cycle is just so quick all the time. Um, but I guess in terms of separating the art for the art from the artist, I think it's definitely purely contextual. Um, and it's based on personal preference. Um, like if a person is actively going against the things that you are for and you can recognize that they make good things you can you can recognize that they make good things um but as a result of the the way they portray themselves now being able to support something like that is like a non-starter for me like I can genuinely appreciate like Harry Potter. Like I can genuinely appreciate Harry Potter for what it is and what it was. Um, but would I purchase a ticket for a new or watch the new Harry Potter series that's coming out or buy uh, Hogwarts Legacy? I'm not sure. I feel apprehensive doing that because I know at least some form of money is going to J.K. Rowling's estate, and she's continuing to spout this anti-trans rhetoric and I just don't think I can fully support something like that. That makes sense. Clay. Um, I'm trying to think. So going back to like the eighties movies, I, so 16 candles is another one that's up there. Mm. It's a John Hughes movie. Um, that movie has a really racist, like caricature of a character in that movie. Do you, have you seen 16 candles? I don't think I have actually. But there's a foreign exchange student that lives with Molly Ringwald, and his name is Long Duck Don. And it's just, a, it's very, like, every time he comes on screen, like, a gong is hit. Like, it's really, it's really bad. Very, like, very that bad movie. depiction. Like, that movie and then Breakfast at Tiffany's has a really bad yep, depiction. Breakfast at Tiffany's, But that's a white sure. person playing an Asian. So, I mean, that happened a lot back then in those kind of movies. Like, John Wayne played Genghis Khan. <laughs> you ever seen that movie? The, uh, the, the I've, Lost I've Emperor seen, I've, or something I've like that? I've seen that, yeah. Anyways, but... I can still say that's one of my favorite movies, despite that, you know, depiction of a person in there. It's nostalgia has a lot to do with it as well. A lot. I mean, watching these movies now, like what's on screen, there's like a mother trying to seduce like a high school kid. Like it's just like that was like the weird. That, that was like a comedy element part of the movie. But now you would never see that now. So it's just it's times have changed. I don't mm-hmm. know that my response kind of spiraled all over the place, but it's it's such a big thing. It's it's just hard. Like I can still watch every movie that Harvey Weinstein produced. Like he did the Scream movies and stuff. And then I love Woody Allen movies. Woody Allen's a piece of shit, but I <laughs> love his writing and <laughs> Lena Dunham. I, you know, it's it just there's so many. Yeah. So it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it's definitely. 
it's a personal journey that everybody goes through. Yeah, yeah. That, that and whether or not, it, like, say your line may be different from mine, and I think we all have to be okay with that. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you've all brought up really interesting points, especially about like cancel culture not actually being a thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you hear I Dave Chappelle. That. He's been complaining about it for years now. And, like, one, you've never been really canceled from anything, as far as I can tell. You might have lost, like... Who are we talking about? Dave Chappelle. Oh. Like, he might have gotten one of his shows canceled or something because, like, people, like, protested the show being there. Like, other than that... And even then, that's not even you being canceled. That's just a group of people not wanting to hear your type of humor, which the typical response of a comedian is, is, and I, I think Chappelle has said this himself during his tape stand-ups of like, if I'm offending you, turn me off. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially what that group chose to do was mm-hmm. you know, do th- just that. I think I remember an article of, of like a specific venue actually actively canceling the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. Like it's probably the same thing. Um, that's a whole like another <laughs> topic, I think, especially like in, if we're honing on, a, honing in on something very specific, um, like Dave Chappelle, that whole thing with Dave Chappelle, was like, so odd odd disappointing odd disappointing on honestly on both fronts both his and the trans community a little bit just because i think with how like vitriolic a lot of the reactions were surrounding that like it swung both ways on it swung both ways to the point to where I was disappointed in both, like both communities. Absolutely. Like, and we shouldn't have to be disappointed in both or any or all communities. We should just be able to live and try to figure these things out. Like, yeah. And just not, yeah. Like you said, it's just not worth making anybody feel the way that that person did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like they did, just by virtue of the fact that his friend had supported him, the entirety of their community was just shut off to them. And that's one of probably the only communities that they had. Like their families, I I don't remember specifics or anything, but I don't think her family was supportive of her. Um, So she found support in her community and the people that are like-minded and to have just in an immediate flip turn and have nobody like experiencing. I can't really equate that because it's a completely different experience or anything like that, because I got, I don't know what that's like. Um, but having or feeling like you'd have nobody is completely debilitating. For sure. Yep. Well, especially it seems like the majority of comedians are, um, kind of misfits in the first place mm-hmm. so yeah and there's a community in that yep but yeah dave Chappelle's never officially been canceled like truly long term anything like that um shia labeouf obviously did a bunch of crazy stuff he kind of had his little redemption tour he did padre pio i don't know what he's doing i think he's still in other stuff so mm-hmm. like yeah like nobody's seeing long-term ramifications anyways like unless you're like r kelly and you get locked up and then <laughs> obviously that's like the true you know, your shit's over. Yeah. Yeah. R. Kelly's one that, nope. <laughs> so I won't go back to. Oh, yeah. There are a few for me that, like, 
you know, I don't agree whatsoever with anything Kanye said in multiple years now, but like some of his old songs still just like to me are um, like masterpieces, I guess. So yeah. like, it's hard not to appreciate that art side of it. But then like you talk about for me personally, I know not everybody's going to agree with me like a Chris Brown. That dude's never like, he's got a good voice, but outside Piece of that, of like, you know, he's not creating anything near that same level and just a real special piece of shit anyway. So, um, um, we hear the masturbation podcast, I guess, <laughs> save for Shawan cause he's not here to talk. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel okay with that one. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess there's maybe is, um, I don't know. I guess my opinion is like it depends on the level of art and then also the other side, which all feeds into what you said about its individual case and context and all that. Mm-hmm. I try to be like glass half full. Like we're, we're in such a better spot than we were back 20, however many, five years totally. ago. Yeah, definitely. In most uh, situations. For the, for the most part. But like um, I, I mentioned for Valley Girl that I watched the or listened with the commentary and the director fought for diversity in the friend group. Like she wanted, you know, an African-American character in the group and the studio just said, fuck no. <laughs> Mm. Just said straight up no. They have to be all white girls. Yeah, there was like there was one, there was one black girl. I think. Yeah, I think she was at the party. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. So I mean, if you a lot of eighties movies, it's a, it's like a whiteout <laughs> for the most part. Dude, I was so watching. Come a long way. I was watching a TED talk by the lady who plays one of the older teachers on Abbott Elementary. Yeah. Uh, just let me look up her name real quick. I've seen a Just couple of so episodes of that. And it's really funny. Give her her credit. <laughs> the writing on that's I s- superb. I still need to see it. I've heard it's. I've heard yeah, really good things it's about fucking it. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I said fuck. <gasps> We're a fucking podcast. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your mamas. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> Cheryl Lee Ralph. She plays Barbara on she Abbott Elementary. Emmy. Yeah. So she did a TED talk recently about just confidence and stuff like that. And she was saying how back in the day, I don't know exactly what time period this was, like 80s or 90s. She auditioned for some movie. I don't know. And I don't even know what she said. But I think Tom Cruise was also supposed to be in it. And she like killed the part and everything. And her character she was auditioning for was either supposed to kiss or sleep with or have some sort of romantic thing with Tom Cruise's character. And the casting director was like, oh, you did really good. But like. You know, a, a woman who looks like you, Tom Cruise isn't going to kiss or something like that. Like, not mm-hmm. on the screen. Like, just cut her down yeah. awfully. Yeah. And, like, that's awful. Yeah. And she talked about how that affected her confidence and stuff like that. But like, it was just like a real life anecdote of like how shitty Hollywood is. And then, you know, on her part, taking that and using it as motivation and like just being a fucking, you know, badass. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> badass beast getting all these awards, crushing it. So. Good for her. So was that like more of like a like a studio thing? Like, oh, Tom Cruise, you know, won't kiss you, or was that a Tom Cruise? thing? It was like a director thing, it's like probably them just... saying that like Hollywood isn't going to accept this sort mm-hmm. of thing. Tom Cruise, he's such a weird entity. He, he does some stuff that I'm like, okay, I, I got you. You know, when they weren't like following uh, COVID protocols on one of the last movie he made, the new Mission Impossible movie, like flipped his shit on everybody. So, uh, but like you know, the Scientology thing, and just it's he's an interesting character. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's I don't I don't see him as a hero or a villain. He's just he's just a person. He's, he's a person. That's yeah. it. Yeah. As far as I know, he had no involvement on anything this person had said that was bad. Yeah. But I agree though, he's an interesting guy. An interesting guy. And then like interesting point when it comes down to being a person. Um <laughs> I I so there is that like the that build up or the air of celebrity that had permeated through throughout our lives, like for 
quite a some time. Um, and I really think that kind of crumbled. One, especially with the rise of social media and being able to see these guys like live their whole lives, like, and you can just watch it happen. Um, but <laughs> but during COVID, I don't know if you guys remember the 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 Imagine video. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't think that's so. with all the celebrities singing "Imagine" by oh. John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't watch it, but I remember it being a thing. Yeah. Oh, I just think it's just so funny. Well, it, one uh, because that's just like. It's just that weird juxtaposition of like, oh, you are trying to relate to us, even though you guys are sitting in your million dollar mansions, like with and, your like top notch healthcare, yeah, and, and everything you're else. Gonna be a okay, whereas like we're just living in squalor, right. not necessarily like you don't in squalor. Get it. Like you're you're not like that. You're in that higher echelon type thing, um, and I think it really just like kind of just deconstructed. Celebrities. Yeah, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres made a little video. She's like, oh, I feel like I'm in prison. It's like, fuck you. There's people that are living in, like, one-bedroom apartments with an abusive spouse and kids. It's just... And some of those people work for her. Yeah. And <laughs> Ellen is... Ellen's another one, man, that's... Like, it was a pretty... A big role model for me, you know, when I was younger. And now it's just like... She became the person, you know, that... She became a villain. And it's yep. sad. I think that's... The Hollywood another, machine. That's another element, too. Like, HX current times... Channel. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, you didn't have the social media and everything else in your face at all times. So, like, you didn't even really know who a lot of these artists, celebrities, mm -hmm. musicians mm -hmm. were in real life. You just got their music videos, their interviews, their albums, and that was kind of it. So, yeah. And that's the mystery aspect. You can, you, you, you yourself fill in the blanks. Of right. Like and I feel like at. now, I mean, sure, some people can still do that if they really prioritize it, but the way marketing and the business and everything is now, like, your identity, your brand is part of 50% of what you're doing as an actor or a musician or something. So the the business model itself has changed so much that now it makes it extremely difficult to separate the artist from the art or for them to have as successful of a career in doing so. Plus, you know, I'm sure privacy is much harder these days, all those things. Mm -hmm. The... Um I, you, I know you watched it, but I, I, we need to mention it to you at some point. Um, the Hassan Minaj uh, interview with Obama. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we, I had watched that. I don't know if you've seen that. No. Um, but there was something that Obama had said that like really rung true about like the privacy aspect of being a celebrity. Um, he had had a dream where he was just walking through a town it might, have been, it might have been Chicago or something like that and he was just walking through and he went into a coffee shop and sat down and literally nobody recognized him and that's something that he absurdly wants more than anything like, that's the one true thing that he really misses it's just that anonymity like of being able to just kind of walk anywhere and not be recognized which has got to be one of the hardest things in the world being the first African American president mm -hmm. or like President in general, you know, For sure. everybody in the world knows who you are if you're the president of the United States. Yeah, so exactly. that guy, more than anyone, probably knows the struggles of that. Yeah. And I think that, like, that feeling, like, really kind of put fame into perspective, I think. Um, being, in, like, an actor myself, like, I know and understand that there has to be, there will be maybe uh, a level of fame that is attached to my name and everything. And that's scary. That's scary to me now more than ever.
because like I, there, I would love to be able to just walk around and not be recognized by people sometimes mm-hmm. and that yeah like losing the the ability the thought that I could lose that really kind of sucks <laughs> yeah that's that's not a good thought to have I would be mm. no thank you just don't get famous. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> be famous. I'm, I'm gonna be famous and change the world. <laughs> okay. You could write that level of fame where like, not everybody knows your name, famous, but like local celeb type shit, and everybody's always buying you drinks and stuff. That'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Yeah. It's all about balance. You just gotta find the balance in life. <laughs> like, ah, I'm getting a little too famous. Uh, I better turn it down a little bit. Trying to, I, I, this randomly popped into my head, but can we talk how bloated like the summer blockbuster lineup is this year? Like how insane it is. Like I, I was watching a video. Like just the amount of stuff that's come out, and like the the time between theatrical and like VOD is like two weeks almost. Sometimes it's, 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 it's like mind boggling. Like I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy and Fast Ten and Spider Man, Spider Man. Flash, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. uh, the Elemental or whatever, was, Just, which I heard bombed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and the Flash bombed. Yep. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that right, you know, going back to <laughs> like, that. But. I don't, I don't know if you've like heard anything about that. Are you guys planning on watching it at any point? The, so Flash? the only aspect yeah. of that movie was <laughs> okay, the Michael Keaton God. thing. Okay. That's, so apparently, it's like, <laughs> um, apparently they had brought back I think almost every single iteration of Superman and Batman and everything like that Um, whether it not be through dead person CGI or just like taking the likeness of somebody and just kind of superimposing it on a person Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess like one of the Superman's got put in and he was like I never signed on for this like I never okayed this and I'm like was it Henry Cavill or no it was not Henry Cavill it was like one of the older ones oh okay um Brandon Routh I have no clue I'll have to look it up okay he was the one that was in Scott Pilgrim Todd the one that was mm, that actor I don't think it was he's in Superman Returns the Brian Singer one no it was like an older older one Oh wow, um, Christopher Reeve. <laughs> well, he's dead. I was gonna, well, I was gonna say I thought like they put his face. Well, they put, so, no, they they did. They oh, put his face insane. in there. That's insane. That's like, insane. And like that, that's one alone. That's creepy and yeah, scary. Yeah, for, for real. Not, for real. Not okay. Not okay with that. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, Ezra Miller is just the way that they are. <laughs> and yeah. I cannot. That's again. Can't support that. Like, Same. I'm I with thought you. seeing like Peter Cushing and Rogue One was weird. Yeah, when they brought uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, that, mm. yeah, mm. I don't like that whole bringing de- the de aging effect and all that crap. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. I agree. <laughs> it's it's invasive, and yeah. uh, if um if I die, I'm gonna <laughs> put this on record right now. I guess um, if I die and like I'm I'm not licensing anybody. Do not use my face ever again after I pass away. No, did. And if I have anything in like a vault or anything like that, do not put it out. I. I fucking swear to God. It's like it, Tyler, Tyler, the creator had said that the other day about like, Hey, if when I die, do not open or do not release any music that I've ever made. Like yeah. after I die, 
nobody is allowed to listen to it. Like, just because, and I, and I love that just because that's another recent string of things that have been happening where we, like, people take these dead musicians and they just, like, take every single little bit of content that they've created and then just place it in a bare bones nothing song and then release it mm-hmm. for people's consumption. Yeah. And that's something that's so invasive. So what you're saying is don't be like Courtney Love and release your fucking journals. Hey, <laughs> like yeah, Cobain, that's right. Like be like that, pretty much. That's right. <laughs> well, when this podcast is still going like 90 years from now, <laughs> I'm going to take any unused audio clips when you pass away before me. Uh-huh. And I'm going to piece together a solo episode uh, of just you. Okay, well, one, no, don't do that. Um, and I'm going to make you sound very... Um, <laughs> Like you're your biggest cheerleader. Uh, so my, <laughs> how many years from now? Did you say 90? ninety years now when this podcast is still going. Ninety. Yep. yep. I'll be uh, I'm just gonna chop up every little word. So every that way, little yep. bit of it. Um, my it's estate. Sound like you took it over. My estate will T-Pain. call your lawyers. Okay. <laughs> There's that sweater vest. Oh heck that, yeah! That's yep. the one I'm talking about, and we're still watching Valley Girl, by the way. Yeah, it's in the on the TV in the background there. She's talking about which boy do I choose? I don't know. That's a big deal when you're 17. I don't know. Which Her dad looks like Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. He very much. He so. does. He's um he's in Apocalypse now. He plays one of the soldiers on the boat with them. I love it. He gets his head chopped off. Spoiler alert. Oh no. <laughs> Apocalypse now. I haven't seen it. He just uh, the guy that actor he just passed away a long ago. Frederick Forrest. That's his name. Nice R.I.P. Yeah. Big guy. He was good in this. He's yeah. really funny. I think so. Her mother in this, like, they look the same age. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they look like they're like twenty five. <laughs> like, it's yeah. insane. Like, the dad looks his age, but yeah. I also love the set design in this movie. It's like that's just how it was, like in a random house in the eighties. But I fucking love it. Oh yeah, but they like multiple like textures and for sure all of that. a lot of browns and oranges. I've noticed, like oh, brown yeah. shag carpet, well, that's, wood that's paneling, a, dark that's brown wood furniture. Dark brown wood furniture. I love it. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, on that note, <laughs> we've circled it back. We around. definitely went into a valley <laughs> of something there. But yeah. Um, yeah, check Valley Girl out. Do not watch the remake. Watch the original 1983. I swear to God, if you watch the remake, um, we will come to your house we'll and your house. Uh, we'll TP it. It's on Prime currently. It is on Prime, yes. <laughs> Amazon Prime. Okay. <laughs> the remake or the... <laughs> I think both of them are. Actually, I mean, if you're oh, a, yeah, you're we're talking about the original. check it out, but it's not good. Um, look for the one with Nick Cage's uh, shirt off. Oh, time out. Can we talk about this dude's chest hair? Yes. Why is it a V? I think that just he just wanted to look good with like an open shirt, I think is what he was going for. But it's, it's so weird when you see it at first. <laughs> There's no way that is his natural chest hair pattern. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't it have just been a full chest of hair? Yeah, I, I don't know what we... I, may, to show it's, maybe it's just pets. what he can grow. I don't know, like, what... Well, then in that case, shave it all. Yeah. For He's sure. embarrassing himself. Hey, be nice to that was my, It must have been a, a thing. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure, but that is very bizarre chest hair that he has in this movie. It's walk like a, a mi- firebird symbol. Walk a mile in his shoes. Pontiac and, symbol. And then Julie definitely has a mullet. Like, that's... Is that a mullet? Oh, like, without a doubt. 
Like the in the long in the back, short on the sides. See, look, all the brown. Like I fucking love it. <laughs> like Brad yeah. wants like a bite of that that hamburger. Yeah, it's literally just a cheese sandwich. We should, you know what we should do sometime? We should do an audio commentary. Like we should watch oh. a movie and oh, talk over it, and then people who are watching can like sync up with it. Sick. I think that would be fun. We I should think do that, that would sometime. be good. The we question is, what movie? But we'll take some suggestions from the audience if you want. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Darcy. <laughs> Which version? Uh, Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley. That is a good movie. Yeah. The thing about that is uh, Succession. Like I'm (laughs) just the two, just the two juxtapositions of character for for sure for Darcy and Tom. Mm -hmm. uh, Like holy god. Yep. Succession is crazy, guys. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I watched, I listened to Pride and Prejudice audiobook. I think last summer, last winter, and then watched that movie. I was couldn't believe he was in it. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. he's so good. The range on that guy. <laughs> Anyways, have a good day. Enjoy Love your me. fireworks. Yeah, happy Fourth and yes. Fourth of July tomorrow. Fourth of July tomorrow. This recording. Yeah. Have a good one.